Okay, my goodness, happy podcasting day. Uh, it is Rachel Vote, and I am back with the Good Girls Guide 2 podcast. And uh, as usual, friendly reminder, we're missing our co-host. Uh, and when I say missing, I mean like missing in our hearts as well as physically here. Miss Jess Anderson McGovern, who is on maternity leave with baby Harper, and she's growing like crazy. She looks just like Jess if you guys haven't seen her yet. My goodness sakes, you should go check her out. So if you are looking for a boudoir photographer, if you are looking for a um, photographer, for general she does does it all so make sure that you're finding her on the book of face as well as instagram with the same handle and she does have a specific boudoir with um boudoir with anderson facebook group so you gotta be 18 years or older of course to be in that but i highly recommend checking it out and booking one and doing it for yourself uh so can't wait for her to come back now this uh for myself okay rachel vote you can find me at a good girl's guide to on book of face too so just like facebook.com slash a good girl's guide to will take you to my personal profile which is basically where i uh house all of my stuff to do with business now you can also find me uh on instagram at the same handle on tiktok at the same handle uh so that way it's like super compact and easy to find right now in addition to that if you are 18 years or older in a feminine energy and you're looking for a place to expand your experience your knowledge just an environment in general to the sexual wellness and intimacy portion of what i do then please make sure to let me know because that group is just amazing it is so much fun i can't say enough good things and the reason i can say that is because it's not even me that created it so i feel confident to be able to do that uh and so there's a lot of members that are getting added over there so just like i said it's just it's great okay it's great you find uploads of the podcast you can find lives to do with intimacy building you can find pictures of half naked peoples a couple times a week if if you're into that kind of thing so highly recommend it okay for sure so all right I don't have, oh, my last thing, of course, too. So if you are enjoying what you're getting, don't forget that all the things that I just mentioned are free content. Those are free content places to make sure that you're working on your personal development, your spiritual growth, whatever it is that you want to call it, just some direction, guidance, um, just a vibe to hang out with because, you know, you're feeling it, you're feeling it, you, you, uh, you're needing a group or something that you can continue to work with and you know that's basically it okay uh, but anyhow we got the empowerment class that's going on too so if you are potentially ready i don't know if that's what i'm looking for but you maybe have some anxiety stress discord just some unclarity i don't think that's the word but you get what i'm saying then this would be a focus for your wealth your relationships your mental and physical being your spirituality and or your passion which you want to think about as growth and contribution uh so the class is great because it is like a beginner's level intro uh, don't don't even have to have one book under your belt kind of experience like it's just it's great okay and then if you whether you do or do not have any experience in personal development but you are ready really ready to do a lot of focus specifically on yourself uh, a lot of momentum getting going for you then let's consider doing one-to-one sessions so uh, intimacy is definitely the I don't, I don't, I was going to say forefront, that's not the word. I was, and it's not even my specialty, dare I say. It's just the thing I'm best at right now. That's what I want to say. Uh, but all the other areas are definitely covered too. So just reach out to me. I'd love, love, love to chitty chatty up. Okay. Okay. So for today's topic, what I wanted to talk about was kind of, um, you know, settling in a little bit and doing a small reflection in terms of like, where are you? Okay, I had a really important conversation with my husband the other night, um, where it was actually just last night. Anyways, I asked him, you know, considering how far we've come in life, 
do you feel like you think more about like the present moment as still stressful because we have so far to go? Or do you think about it as, wow, look how far we've come? And he said, mm, the first one. I'm like, so you're stressing more about what we need to do, what you feel like is where we're lacking and so on and so forth. He's like, yes, because that feels what, like what our reality is. And I'm like, well, that's only part of the reality, right? And that's just the part that you're choosing to focus on, which clearly is energetically making you feel insufficient um, or insignificant, I guess was the word I was looking for, um, not successful and whatever other low-level words you could probably associate with that versus, oh my gosh, like look how much consumer debt we've paid off because we didn't know any better because nobody told us before. Look at, you know, um, how much we've grown in terms of our environment in the house and whatever, how much we've traveled, whatever. I, could, I You fill in the blanks here about how you're a different person than you were 365 ago or even five or 10 years ago, okay? And I, that's what's difficult sometimes is that like when... When, when you feel like your current reality is, you know, crap or whatever, then it's hard to focus on. We talked about that last week. Like, that's what we stress out about because our primal brain is just terrible, terrible uh, in terms of not being able to update itself, about adjusting what it thinks about. Meaning, the three things that it was you know, geared towards keeping us alive through when we first originated was shelter, food, and staying alive. And now that those things are more prevalent for us, for most humans, we have a sustainable um, source of all three of those things. Our brain had to find other things to do. And so now we worry and we act from urgency more than preparedness or excitedness about a future because our brain has the time to sit around and formulate millions of different options, not only because of time, but because there's more options available than there was previously. And a confused mind says no. And the way that modernizes in our brain is that a confused mind gets anxiety because it overthinks or it doesn't complete a thought. And then it goes into low depression mode and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's what it's doing. And so what do we need to do to focus, I guess, or decide when's it going to get better? Okay. Well, I know that you, you'd be like, not surprised if I'm like, well, it can get better as soon as you want it to get better. But that is, that's a simple answer. That's a simple answer. All right. But the, the longer answer to that will be like, of course, well, what steps will that take? And we've talked a lot about over the podcast, like some steps about how to manifest and how to get to a clearer mindset and so on and so forth. And those are all really important. There's no one step that's more important than the other. There's nothing that you need to go back to to start from today. Uh, you know, some of the stuff that I already know, you don't know yet. Some of the stuff that you know, I don't know yet. And everybody can still get to that path. It just is you know, here's some things along the way that you'll, you'll find to be true. Just like we've said before. Okay. So one thing to remember is, um, who do you have control over? Who do you have control over? And, uh, or I should say what in general, right? And although we say out loud, well, I have control over me. I think some people know it consciously, but most of us subconsciously don't think about the fact that we still think we can control outside forces, right? And I think part of this is that we've been conditioned, right? Like, let's let's take the weather, for example. 
and back in the day when we had that primal brain, if it was raining, we were pretty much shot, right? Like we had, we had to just probably stay hunkered down. We needed to find protection. We didn't have as much conveniences to protect our skin and, and not get sick and so on and so forth. But today we can control our lives more with rain boots and umbrellas and so on and so forth. And while again, we're only controlling ourselves, it kind of gives us this misconception that we're we're controlling the weather, you know, on a low level, a low level amount. And while that might one that that might that one might sound silly, I want you to think about on subconscious levels how we think we can control people. And a lot of us, it's not just a subconscious level. A lot of us, we we kind of blatantly do this kind of stuff. And you know, uh, one would be children. Okay, we have the right intention to control them, but it's the wrong message. We don't give them autonomy. <laughs> autonomy <laughs> oh my gosh I'm such a goofball okay we don't give them autonomy when we make decisions for them like and what I mean by that is like you show up as a child that's successful in my opinion in my eyes so just as an example like having having table manners is it imperative for people to have table manners to, sub, to survive in this world no is it even imperative for people to have good table manners to have a happy life no but in my family, it was, you know, elbows on the table, you used your napkin, your napkin sat on your lap, you know, you finished what you were given, uh, you used the proper utensils, you didn't, did not chew with your mouth open. Um, it, there was a there was a laundry list of things that have been ingrained upon me that, like, if you or somebody you struggle with listening to other people eat, it was probably a pretty big or blatant rule in your house that you did not chew with your mouth open. Um, you know, th- whatever okay anyway I'm beyond it much more than I used to be but that's what I'm saying is is there a wrong way to eat dinner no there's not but if it bothers you and you try to correct somebody because it makes you feel better to see them present as a human as a child in that manner then we, we are trying to control people and because children are taught to respect their elders generally you know it's not as prevalent as it used to be but women used to be taught to be to be respectful of men um and so on and so forth right it's ingrained upon them to listen well they must know best or i have at least on a low level i have to do what they tell me to because i've been told i had to do that and when they're being programmed at such a young age that this is the way i have to show up in the world to be accepted even if and family next door they don't give two shits about how you eat your dinner and your household where you spend a majority of your time that is what you're learning so on this subconscious level we think that we can control people and so that's where it begins we we try to set them up for conditional love even though we don't mean to we do and and it's not just with obviously eating dinner it's so many other things and so you can obviously think about all of that uh, when you got some time and I encourage you to do so by the way Um, I find sometimes I say things to my kids that it it will not matter for them to be successful people of the things that I, I will, I will, ugh, I will say this word that I feel like I criticize them on. Um, it's just habits of what my parents used to say to me. And I have to be very cautious of it. Cause I'm like, does it really bother me? Or is it just something that somebody else told me it should bother me? And does, will this mean I'll love my child less if they do this? Absolutely not. We know that, but does my child know that? 
have I made it clear that it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter, you know, um, what you decide to be when you grow up, you know, I'm sure we all have said this before, but do they really understand and know that? Because it doesn't mean, like, I'm not sure, (laughs) I'm sure, I don't know how you feel, but like, if my child was to come to me and say that they were gay, of course, I'm going to be like, awesome, let's go shopping, um, and let me meet your boyfriend. And I know that that's a topic that might not be okay for everybody, um, but when I say something like, oh, of course I'd unconditionally love my child no matter who they decided to date. But it also means would you unconditionally love your child if um, you know they decided not to get a job until they were 21? Would you still love them if they decided to be ignorant when you were trying to teach them? And see, that was me making a projection of them being ignorant when I want them to learn about something, right? About finances and savings or um, like just as an example, my, my son and I were having a discussion about AirPods versus any other wireless Bluetooth pods. You know, he's like, they need to be Apple. I'm like, you don't even have an Apple device. He's like, well, they work with non-Apple devices. I'm like, sure, but why do you need those devices? Like, what's so special about them? He's like, what do you mean? How is it different from a non-Apple wireless Bluetooth headset device? What do you mean? You know, like, so to him, it's got to be that pair. And to me, it's got to be explained to me why it has to be name brand. Are either of us wrong? No. Are either of us right? Well, it depends on who you talk to, right? And so it's just so important for us to get very clear on on that. What are we trying to control? And when we can start to dissociate so much more from recognizing I only control myself, I only control myself, I only control myself, you know, you have to remind yourself of that pretty frequently because even as you become more familiar with that, you have to remember that other people won't. Not all, not, not everybody's going to remember that they can only control themselves. They're going to continue to try to subconsciously control you or consciously control you uh, and everybody else, by the way, around you. So this is, this is a difficult place to be uh, because you really have to do the personal development to not only be aware of that in yourself, but to protect yourself then from other people trying to do it. And it's not that you're like, you know, like Zelda shielding it up and you're like, get away from me. You're trying to control me. You can, of course, if you want to, you know, help them out a little bit, but it's more just about being aware of the the language the energy the behavior and then staying true to yourself and recognizing you know it's thanks so much I appreciate it it's like your monkey mind ego manifesting itself in real life right so it just needs to be I appreciate the feedback you know doesn't even need to say like I'm I'm not taking your advice your advice is stupid just thank you so much I appreciate the info thank you so much for thinking of me I appreciate it you must have shared that with me because you thought what you had to share with me was important that you thought I would change my life in some way shape or form so thank you so much I appreciate that because that's right right regardless of what their message was People's intentions are generally to be helping us. They can be vindictive even on the surface uh, or intentionally, but they are trying to help us or they think they are. Okay. So we only control ourselves and everything beyond that is influence. Right. Uh, Now it is a group collective, of course, but where does it start? Meaning like, as we've discussed before, you probably have a lot of the same thought patterns as some of your friends and family, maybe um, as a church or organization that you participate with. But as we know, like regions of city, states, even countries are thought to be collective collectively lumped together uh so it's it's crazy because we can both be so considered so closely the same and so closely different in the exact same breath but that's all about influence so excuse me it is obviously very difficult let's say to be for example i would say maybe more of a decade ago to be a democrat in the state of nebraska you know because majority of the thought was conservative and democrats 
aren't considered conservative. And there's also varying degrees of conservative. And Nebraska would be one of the ones that were definitely more conservative, I guess. But um, my point is, is like, I, I think there's more blending of it now uh, nowadays, but it's the same conversation, right? Is that if you go against the grain and you really believe in your heart about the things that you think are accurate and truthful and you're doing the best you can to be a good human being, it's really difficult when the mass behind you is like, but I don't think what you think is right. But I don't, I don't think that you get it. I don't, I don't understand why you think that you're way superior. You know, and that's what it can feel like, even sometimes if it's not, even if it's just, let's, can we have a conversation about your side and, and my side at the same time? But it can often feel like we're being attacked or even that we're crazy or ludicrous because it's not exactly what the, the, the group is thinking. So, you know, let's take, for example, um, and not too distant history for us, we had this thing called slavery and at one point or another, the majority of our population had to either accept or agree that they thought it was okay because it was happening. It was happening. And then eventually there was a collective shift in the group. You know, there was a time where there had been a minority of people who said, no, we don't think this is right. And there would have been a, a, a larger minority and then a, a little bit larger minority before it came to be about halfway. And then it, um, you know, switched and teetered the scales to enough to be three-fourths and then you know we're not quite there yet but we hope someday that 100 percent of the people would believe that everybody <clears throat> excuse me deserves basic human rights to be free so it happens and it's not just with that particular situation of course there's a group collective but it had to have started with one person it had to have started with one evolved thought um and so you have to remember that that's what's most important we talk about like feeling that discord internally when it feels like a brillo pad or something in your chest or under your breastbone you know where it just feels irky you feel misaligned that's the truth of the matter is that your internal thing your thing is telling you hey this doesn't this doesn't feel like who we say we want to be we don't want to show up like this so i'm notifying you now so we can try to try to figure it out and when you can start showing up and acting like that, then you'll start to inspire a friend who's like, I thought that way too. I felt that way too, but I was too nervous or I thought I was the only one. And then you have these conversations and not only does it inspire your friends and family, but you think about the conversations you have amongst young, young children and youth, uh, you know, that's just by osmosis in general that you start to associate with that. So it has to start with one person, one person, right? And the, Struggle, I think. Now, obviously, I can only speak to being in my generation because I've only been alive for 35 years. But I'm curious about other times in history where massive shifts like this have happened. Like I was just saying with recent, it's not one of the recent ones, but most recent, but with slavery, is people end up on polar ends of the spectrum, right? It's almost like, and that's what is definitely happening, I think, in our nation within the last election especially, was that... Once you became conservative, you were ultra conservative. And once you became liberal, you were ultra liberal. And it was really hard for anybody that was anywhere else in the gradient scale to have a voice to be like, I don't think that either side is this crazy. Like, I think that we are. And, and if you if you do your research, if you just go to if you go to a, a reputable source and uh, dig a little bit, you'll find that. You know, the things that sometimes are being reported upon, even on political TV shows, don't really exhibit what the true voice of the country is. It's kind of cherry-picked for 
one for ratings, um, so sensationalism, but two, generally to kind of further propagate the message of the network, right? Because these aren't entities that, you know, are like PBS where they don't make a profit. They are for profit. So they definitely want other people who align with their vision to be able to discuss and further that vision. You know, so those are things to really take into account. Um, it, it matters because that's the kind of type of thing where it matters what comes out of your mouth. You know, not even 20 to 30 years ago, news anchors just reported the news. It wasn't about influence and emotion of, I think this is right or wrong. Uh, you can have those opinions, but as somebody who's who's delegating information that's happening around the world, it should be left up to the person who's digesting it on what they think to that, that to be. Um, at least that's what you kind of hope for, okay? So that's kind of the tricky situation right now is that people feel like to be involved or to be informed about, you know, anything important is that you have to pick a side. And I'm here to tell you, you don't. And I actually kind of went the complete opposite from where I used to be as somebody who wanted to be very politically involved, somebody who um, I was in incredibly informed um, and I took active steps to do that to, I would say, you know, like just watching the debates and so on and so forth. And I'm, this is not a political conversation. My point is to tell you that I have since shifted where I still feel like I, I keep myself an informed citizen and I will do my due diligence to find out which representative is the closest, closest aligned to my current thoughts and values and beliefs so that that can be represented by my representative, right? And then just detach from the rest of it. The rest of it really is noise, unfortunately, because in this doggy dog world of advertising and social media and connectivity, it's like whoever speaks the loudest has to be the person. Well, if you want to be heard, you have to speak the loudest. And um, I'm just tired of the noise. So um, that's that's kind of where I say that that, that it's if you're noticing that or if you're feeling the strain of whatever religion politics diet and exercise mental and physical well-being relationships if you feel that strain on it then that's potentially you know what might be happening fighting over who's right and who's wrong okay so we talked about this with dinner earlier but like let's just say specifically with eating um there are foods that you could eat with a spoon with a fork and with chopsticks, maybe there is several that overlap that you could ha you could use any of those three and some that we know you probably couldn't, right? But is it to say that you're eating your meal wrong if you use any of those or none of those even? Probably not, right? As long as you just successfully shovel food into your mouth, then you're eating, right? How about traveling? If you were to travel by car, by plane, or by train to the same destination, does it make it wrong the way that you got there? Now, we know that to be true, right? But when we kind of expand upon that and think about like living, of course, it's not to say that we can't have morality and we need to have conversations about, you know, how it's not about enforcing, it's about influencing, right? That's the difference. And when we talk about living life, you know, it's, are you not right because you're not getting up five days a week and exercising? Is that family wrong because they didn't choose to go into law enforcement? And I believe that that's the most valuable and honorable way that you can give back to your community, right? So like, it's crazy to think that we get so hyper-focused on what we think is right for everybody. So when somebody else is questioning it or um, challenging the policy or whatever, just having a voice about it that we have to be so much of a mm -mm -mm, that's not how I think so your way is wrong 
it's it's just it's frustrating right so when can we expect it to get better when can we expect it to get better well if each of us does the inner work of asking and living by what we think to be right and not what is a collection of other people's thoughts to be right that's where we'll start to see some change some change and the difference is, is that i think that people have already really been doing this but we have to remove the egotism from it we have to remove the pride from it which we are doing don't forget as previous conversations we've had we are just babies when it comes to being humans and in the last 200 years We've made massive progress, not only in our IQs and evolution of how we, you know, uh, congregate as a society and so on and so forth. Um, we're just less barbaric. We just are. And the last 200 years have just been like massive momentum in terms of those change. There was a big old huge change in the 60s and 70s with the flower children like that. That brought a lot of empathy to the forefront of people's minds. Uh, you know, that would have been also around times where we're talking about like human rights in general and you're talking about, um, well, just in general. Okay. And then there was another boom, by the way, in the early 2000s. So as time progresses, we become smarter, we become more empathetic, we become basically more human and less primal. And so it's important for us to remember our past, but also not to become hyper fixated on it. The past does repeat itself, history does repeat itself. But we have the ability to kind of, you know, learn from that and make changes. And then while things may repeat themselves, we'll probably be less hectic to heal from it we will probably be less um, sporadic to recover from it. All of these things, you know, will get better and better every time. And putting humans, human decency at the forefront of it each time, I, I hope, right? So when we can start to evaluate what it is that we find is important to us, what we think is best for us, what we think is good for us individually, that is important. It is important to think about yourself before you think about the collective because you can't help the collective if you are going against the grain of what you intrinsically feel is right for yourself. And you know that to be true because we just had that conversation, right? Like if you feel the misalignment or maybe your religion tells you that um, sex is strictly for procreation and you're having a hard time with that because you very much enjoy it. And that confliction of, well, how, how can I innately enjoy it and God created me, but at, then at the same time, God says, don't, don't enjoy it. Like that's a sin, right? So for you to question those things, that's, that's okay. Is anybody getting hurt by you accepting your intimacy that your body quite literally is full of nerve endings and pleasure is pleasure and there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're consenting, right? So that's just one thought process that we can decipher and nitpick apart uh, and if you are that person living in that true authenticity about how you feel about intimacy and sexual wellness and your body and so on and so forth, when you're around other people in general, but specifically, of course, people with low energy about the way they feel about their bodies or the way that they were brought up to think about sex and that they really do desire intimacy as well, they feel your energy. You guys start vibing. You have a conversation or whatever, and you're, you're able to say, I am a somebody that is in the position that you are envisioning yourself to be. You want yourself to have good intimacy, but you can't envision it because you've never seen it before. You, your group tells you you can't do it. I got that. I understand that too. I was brave enough to do the work. I was brave enough to pray. I was brave enough to journal. I was brave enough to dig at my own belief system. And I hear him to tell you that I believe that we'll be okay. I believe that God loves me regardless. I believe that I will still ascend. I believe that nobody's going to punish me. Uh, I haven't hurt anybody, so there can't be anything wrong with it. 
and that person's going to go, holy crap, that feels amazing. Um, now I can start to believe that for myself too or work towards that thought process and I can teach my children that. I, instead of what my parents or my religion taught me, I can teach my parents or my children what I want them to know and what I, I, de- I believe they deserve to know. And this is what's been happening, of course. You know, this is why uh, we as millennials have been called like the participation um, generation and so on and so forth. It's because we have been brought up with people who are softer and more empathetic and believe in humans and so on and so forth. So it's only going to continue to replicate itself in my opinion but that's what you got to do is you get right with yourself and then it starts to sway the majority in ways that we really want it to you know and it's hard because it's scary at first to go against the grain it can be it can be life-threatening for some people as we've seen over the years but with human indecency increasing it's going to be less chaotic it's gonna be less stressful it's gonna be less violent it's gonna be less disrespectful it just is um and i know that's hard to believe and it's like but what about now well that's how we change it is we act through that way we've seen so much positive progress and peaceful protests over the last couple of decades where sometimes it might not feel like we're making any progress whatsoever but it all matters and all makes a difference especially in this day and age where everything is documented you can't well yeah i mean you can suppress a lot you can suppress a lot but you can't really argue history when it's so easily accessible from a device now so that's good news for us for us to be able to document those things and move forward from that place of love i think all right so what are some steps maybe that you could consider consider to be able to get to a place where you could expect it to feel better a little bit faster okay well recognizing what's real and what's not. All right, so this is the part where we're going to shift into a little bit of woo-hoo-y, but it's cool. It's cool because um, this has brought me peace of mind. Uh, so if you're somebody that you not only you have anxiety in everyday life, but maybe you have anxiety about the afterlife and what happens to you and you've thought about it and you, maybe you don't think about it because you don't want to, um, this is the collection of information that I've accumulated, not from one source, from multiple sources, and it, it, I don't have any form of religious background, organized religious background. So, you know, this is me winging my belief system and, and where I'm at. And it's already changed in the last two years. So it's not to say that this will be my permanent thought, but this is what my current belief is. And so I want to share it with you in hopes that, you know, like I said, it brings you some comfort too. And maybe it just expands upon what you already think, or at least encourages for you to go out and ask questions too because this is that's how I got to where I'm at right so the one of the things that we have to do like I said is recognize what's real and what's not real okay so when you talk about what's real versus what's not real this was really confusing for me at the beginning because it was like well what do you mean what's not real I mean things things that are not real to me would be your dreams I guess and um your imagination like you can think it up in your imagination and the thoughts are real but the 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 byproduct is not real I guess is how I would say that so those were things I would think is not real okay now um the descriptions that I have received about things not being real is actually everything on planet earth basically (laughs) and not just within planet earth it would be within the universe within the galaxy but like everything like this desk that I'm using or in my office right now this chair that I'm sitting in these things are not real and so that was a hard hard struggle for me because I'm like I don't understand how that's what do you mean it's not real so here is how I've been able to decipher that all right so we sometimes we talk a lot about the place where we will go or at least we fantasize or we don't know necessarily but we and maybe we don't talk about it at all i don't know but when you talk about afterlife we we do know that we ain't staying here forever that much we can say to be true nobody's ever outbeat death right uh and so nobody really knows uh unless 
nobody really knows. Nobody's ever said it. I've come back, you know, okay, whatever. That, that part's arguable, I guess. But anyways, <laughs> wherever we go, wherever we go, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, we only take one thing with us, right? So your body is just a form. And this is very difficult and was for me to really, really nitpick and associate because, of course, I associated Rachel, myself, a human being, as my sole identity. Like, I, this is who is here. I am here, right? But as we've talked about your senses, right, you've got your skin is um, a faculty with touch, your eyes and your no, your tongue is your faculty to taste, and we have also talked about your nose being your faculty to smelling. And then when we get into like your eyes, we determined that eyes are actually not your faculty for vision or seeing. It's your um, eyes or your interpretation to your mind, which functions the body. So the brain houses all those functionalities. The brain tells your muscles to move. Uh, the mind is what processes thought and has feelings. And your mind basically then is the faculty for your emotions, which your emotions then are what basically is associated through your spirit. Your spirit is your energy. Your energy is the thing that keeps your body alive with the, obviously the addition of water and food for fuel. But it's the energy, it's the literal electricity that pumps your heart and gets your lungs a breathe in and so on and so forth. And your energy is the only thing that leaves your body when you die. The body form stays here, including the brain, which houses the quote unquote mind. But the energy, the ATP, that that EKG stops the heart, whatever you want to say, right? That's the thing that leaves the body. We know that. We know that much. And where does that go? Well, we don't necessarily know, okay? But so like I said, the conglomeration of what I've accumulated as my current belief system is, is that um, short version is, is that you go to a place where you review your life and you're not only there with your, your universal family, which can ex- extend not only the people that you saw or were friends and family with here on earth but they're just your universal family anyway so you get to review your life and then you get to decide like oh my gosh I would have done that differently and so on and so forth or whatever but that's not really the point that I wanted to make about you know that so you can go on to a a cool conversation from there right but where we go in my opinion is also the place of where we came from and if you've seen the movie um soul yeah disney disney right they call it the great before and they were jokingly said we're rebranding it the great before so you got to hang out somewhere before you come here too and i assume that they're at least very similar places um at least in terms of planes and energies or whatever but whatever it's got to be right so um because energy cannot be created nor destroyed and it's going from this great before living this form body leaves form body and goes back to wherever it was as energy again we know it wasn't created nor destroyed it's not destroyed right so whatever it's doing it's doing right okay so in terms of what's real and what's not real that's the only thing that is real is energy the energy that houses the body form okay so i hope you you might want to beep beep back it up and like replay this part once or twice it's okay reach out to me if you're like i kind of get it It kind of like i feel like it's like aligning with something but i have i need some clarity that's cool absolutely i'm dying to talk to people about it no big deal right so if it's it's the only thing that's cannot be created nor destroyed it's the only thing that's real it's the only thing that's real because it exists in all the forms on a different plane, on this plane here on planet Earth, and so on and so forth, okay? Now, when you start researching about higher power, and anybody who is, um, you know, has a lot of faith in their life or finds themselves spiritual or religious and connects with some type of higher power, even if you're just not sure what that higher power is, the most common thread reported for people who have had near-death experiences, people who are very, um, ironically, I'm going to use the word, 
religiously, you know, um, they're into their religion. Okay. So people who are dedicated, who are faithful to, uh, their higher power, the only thing they feel is unconditional love. That's it. They feel bathed and bathed in unconditional love. And religion is what's associated guilt and shame and low level feelings um, of intimidation and fear by a higher power. That's religion. That's not the God that, that gave us that. God didn't give us that. So if unconditional love is the only feeling, it exists with that energy that comes in, you know, it exists with that energy as it goes out. If love is the only thing, how hippie of, how hippie, how hippie of us to come to this conclusion, but it is the truth. It is unconditional love. And remember that you're like, well, what about fear? What about jealousy? What about abandonment? Those things only exist here on planet Earth with the body that isn't real either. It isn't real either. It isn't real either. Emotions are not real except for the unconditional love piece. And that's why unconditional love heals just about everything, right? It doesn't fix everything, just so you know. It heals just about everything. Not just about. It does heal everything, okay? So that is really powerful. But sometimes, I mean, like I've been reading that and researching that and coming across a lot of different texts that have said that like over last year. So I'm planting the seed for you today because it might not work. It might, you might be like, ah, it seems really woohoo-y. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Just let it sink in because even if it's not something you're ready to accept now, how beautiful of a world and beyond for us if that's, if, if I'm right. If I'm right, if it's all unconditional love, right? So one thing that we can kind of trace to this is like recognizing that there's no causes, okay? And there's also no good or bad, okay? So there's no there's no such thing as anything other than the unconditional love because when we talk about good or bad, we talk about fast or slow. Those are obviously things we associate to being opposite, right? We associate them to being opposite, but the truth of the matter is that there is no such thing as opposites, all right? There's no good experience and there's no bad experience. There's an experience that we have deemed whether it was good or bad, right? There's different gradients of what, um, even if you sector that out, like a good experience can be good, it can be average, it can be mediocre, it could be super, super good, it could be amazing, right? And on the bad side, it's the same thing. So when you look at it even from that, it's like, when does it, when does the slope start to sway towards neutral or bad? Well, nobody knows because we don't get to decide. So when you cut that out and you can't say if it was good or bad, then you're only left with the experience, right? Uh, when you, let's say, <clears throat> hot or cold. Hot or cold are actually not opposites either. I'm like, you're like, ah, yes, they are. Mm, they're not. They're gradients of temperature, right? The opposite of hot is not cold. It's the absence of cold temperature. So... You can play this game with anything, by the way, all right? But when we say, like, let's just stick with temperature for this reason. When we say everything happens for a reason, some people really hate that phrase. But <clears throat> the assumption of, like, boiling a pot of water, okay? So the water doesn't just boil, right? There was a sequence of events that had to lead up to the pot boiling the water so yeah you had to put the pot on the stove you had to put water in the pan and you had to turn it up right and you had to let it time pass so you could let it boil but before that somebody had to make that pan somebody had to um, filter that water somebody had to put the plumbing in that house to get that house to have running water somebody had to pay the water bill for that to happen somebody had to run the water main line through the city to get that to happen somebody had to uh, create that for that to happen somebody had to find a need for that to be a reason that they would need water and a house for modern day plumbing so you see how when we talk about that nothing really has a cause 
There's only effects. There's only things happening. There's only things happening all the time. And that one has been really difficult for me. Like, what do you mean there's no cause and effect? Like, there has to be. No, because there's no such thing as, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as duality in that regard. Everything happens for a reason because something happened before that. Something happened before that. Something happened before that. Something happened before that, right? I don't have these pair of pants on right now just because I decided to go and get my pair of pants from my drawer. Um, I have them because why? Because I decided I needed a pair of pants and I went to a store and bought them. And uh, that happened because somebody donated them to the Goodwill. And that happened because they found that they no longer needed the pair of pants. But that happened because they bought the pair of pants from a store at one point or another. And that happened because the store put those pants up for sale and that happened because they ordered the pair of pants from the manufacturer and the manufacturer uh was the okay i mean i could go on forever okay so you see when everything happens for a reason it is true okay and this gets obviously difficult and we don't have to talk about this today when we're talking about relationships and emotions and um you know things falling apart or not going the way that we thought or health concerns are involved yeah that's difficult conversations but we don't have to breach those yet until we really start focusing on the form which is what we're most distracted with anyway all of this conversation we're having right now about planet earth and emotions and so on and so forth so Everything happens for a reason. There are no causes. And when we know that, that just means that we don't have to get as excitable um, or scared or anxious or fear of abandonment because there, there are no, there's no cause and effect. We have the power to change anything and everything about how we feel because we control how we feel. And, you know, I think that I used to get frustrated with that because I'm like, but I'm mad and I'm angry. Okay, I can't control that I'm mad or I'm angry. And again, it's deciphering the understanding that it's not asking you to never feel the low level feelings. Number one, number two, it's also not asking you to ignore that you have low level feelings. That is part of the human experience. It's part of sharing that space with your primal brain. It's making that brain be your friend, right? Or that ego, I guess you would say, right? So it's important to acknowledge that just like I had said that when we were uh, talking about like the group collective shifting at some point or another, right? Somebody's got to be brave at some point. And that's basically what this is here as well is that, you know, you just have to stick with it. You'd have to be really diligent in terms of, you know, what's important to you and realizing that what's on the other side of that is relief. You know, it's relief. Oh, it's relief. Okay. So one um, additional thing I would say that I've been struggling with in terms of understanding how to live with an ego is um, release of attachments. Okay. So let me write something down real quick because how do you do ego work? That's a really good question, I think, that I can help with real quick as well. All right. So releasing of attachments. So contentment comes from this release all right so attachments as we were kind of just discussing like no if nothing is real it's weird to think that if nothing is real then why do we have such a desire to have big fat bank accounts and cars and big houses and so on and so forth because those are attachments and remember that we get so distracted because we think that happiness comes outside so symbols of happiness include some of the things i just listed it can also be of course being in a successful relationship it's not always like i don't want to act like it's like all low level things like you're so vain because you want a big house and a big car no like it's about being in a relationship it can be sex even if it's a great relationship with lots of intimacy and it's like it's good sex that can also be an attachment okay so this can be through hair and makeup um it can be through travel it can be through your job there's a lot of different things that are about attachment and what it all boils down to is comfort okay so you know as 
as you are born, you seek comfort. You seek comfort because when you were born, you had a sixth sense, right? So we already talked about you. Oh, well, you got your touch, taste, smell, so on and so forth. But when we are born, we are born with our emotional sixth sense. So we can sense energy. We feel energy. We sense energy. And that's because we came from a place that was all unconditional love. We didn't have anything to worry about. We didn't have to protect ourselves from anything because it felt so right and so good from where we were. And then we joined planet Earth, which is not real, right? Because it's all stuff that will go back to the planet. It's not real. And it has these fake emotions that don't line up with love. They have tons of other different varying degrees of it. And these feelings are much, much lower. So they're denser. They're heavier. We know that too. We know feeling light and happy it feels light and happy we know that feeling dark and discouraged feels dark and discouraged so when you're exposed to these feelings that you didn't have before you got here it's an overwhelming amount and so when you're not born into uh, a community a smaller community the way we used to be in tribes where we were raised by other mothers and other tribesmen and so on and so forth now you are born in a hospital around other crying babies other stressed families um, healthcare workers who do really good things of course course but there are other energies there's much 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 more a baby is exposed to than they used to be and it's not to say that technology is beautiful but I'm talking about a very very specific exposure to this density of emotion and so for the most part over however long now we have evolved to turn that sense off You know, it's not different than like if you have sensitive hearing and loud noises bother you or sometimes you have ultra sensitive smelling or taste. It's not different. We had the ability to start to shield ourselves from that heavy emotion because it hurt. We didn't like it. It wasn't anything like the unconditional love from where we came from. So we turned it off and we stopped listening to our internal guidance systems because somebody else stepped in and told us very specifically and we learned from one family instead of multi-families or cultures like we were in our groups and our tribes and that's how we came very succinct into our belief systems and that's why we're in the problem that we're in right now or one of of course okay so we start by supplementing that unconditional love with comfort and the easiest way to do that is via our mom of course because most often that's our food source and so suckling because a comfort habit um rubbing silky blankets on our face because it mimics the uterine lining on our face um that becomes a comfort habit right and then what does sometimes happen like we we coach children out of binkies we we get them um well we don't get them onto but sometimes they suck on their thumb and that's the new comfort object right Maybe they're not nursing as often or ever, so they have the thumb to mimic that behavior. And then we start dismantling our kids' comfort and telling them you can't do that anymore. So we either give them a blanket or a teddy bear, or sometimes they just wing it and they find something else to do. Like uh, just as an example, I often rub my foot on a, a sheet because it feels nice, like it feels like a blanket kind of. Um, I do that till I fall asleep. So uh, people have multiple ways of self-soothing and comfort, whether it's something that doesn't feel like it actually brings you comfort, like picking at your fingers or pulling at your hair strands or cutting the top of your skin, whatever it is, it still is something that you have control over that brings you comfort. So that's how that ends up expanding into addiction and problems like that. Because when we can't handle a low level feeling emotion, we got to get out of that state of mind quickly, whether it's boredom or anger or abandonment or rejection or whatever. So we'll do whatever we can Swipe our credit cards at Amazon, uh, smoke a cigarette, take a shot of whiskey, have sex with a stranger, whatever, to change our current state of mind. 
those things are attachments. We're attached to those things. And remember, this conversation is always easy to have about low-level feeling things, but this is true of athletes who, you know, they're obsessed with performing. This is um, people who are driven to work crazy hours at their job because they are attached to the idea of being a provider or success even. So there's attachments in everything we do. It's 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 really overwhelming when you start to do this type of work, in my opinion, because one, you got to kind of get fearful. Like, what do you mean that? That means I have to give up everything? Like, I love to eat. I love that my husband cooks good food. So I have to like, you know, now become disassociated from good food. I, I mean, are you kidding me? I like to do my hair, but I have to like detach from being vain because I like to do my hair. And that's really not the conversation. Uh, thankfully, by the way, like it's just one understanding the attachment is important Two, understanding why you do the attachment. So like, is it something that brings you self-soothing? Is it something that you do in self-sabotage? So you do it to protect yourself from somebody else hurting you, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so understanding why can bring you a lot of relief because maybe you will stop doing it if you don't longer need it but at least understanding it you can be less hard on yourself uh, and you know kind of reassociate it to a higher level feeling of emotion if you need to okay so uh, releasing the attachments and that'd be a conversation for another day because that we go on forever about that okay but what I wanted to wrap this up with is doing some ego work or finding a way to do that so we've talked about calling your ego your monkey mind in the past which is fun because it is cute and it's adorable and it's something that might be a little out of control from time to time and then you can just like thank you so much monkey mind I appreciate you because what we're referring referring to is that primal brain, right? It's the primal brain that it's morphed into a 2021 brain. And now what it does is, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do that thing. We don't know. Don't do the new thing because we don't know. We don't know if you'll survive. We don't know if you have the tools to do it. So don't do it. I'm going to ask you to stay here. Don't do that thing. And it can be applying for a new job. Don't do that. You can't apply for that new job because if you don't get it, you're rejected. Then we want, we might die being rejected. Don't don't do that thing. Don't do that thing. Don't do the thing. Go, don't go ask out that new person. Don't go ask because if you if they say no, then oh my god, you're rejected. Oh my gosh, then you might die alone. Okay, so that's what monkey mind does. Remember, it stepped in from helping us to make sure that we stay alive from food survival um, and shelter. It needs other things to do, so it racks our brain with all of these emotions because it doesn't know when it's safe. Basically, okay, so that's what you're practicing to do is like keep that thing at bay because ego is an earth-based emotion form, it's not real. But it doesn't know that it's not real and it will do anything it can to keep itself alive because that's its job. So if you can look at your ego as a monkey mind, it's great because then it's cute, you know, it's adorable. But understanding one level above that what it's really about is cohabitating with it, then it makes more sense. So just to give a couple of additional examples, you want to think about your life um, your higher self, you're the sun. Okay. You're the, your your highest self, the person you want to be, you're the sun. And from time to time, rain clouds move in or clouds in general move into your line of sight. Right now, does it mean that the sun's not there? No, it just means right now you can't see it. Does it even mean that you can't get the benefits of the sun of, you know, um, I would just say, I guess, growing plants or even providing vitamin D. It's going to be lessened, of course, through clouds, but you understand what I'm saying. The, the, the point is that the sun is always there. And when the clouds move away, the sun will still be there. And the clouds didn't become the sun, meaning your ego doesn't blend into your higher self. They're always something separate. So just understanding how to cohabitate with them. And this was probably one of the easiest things. I was like, oh, that does make a lot of sense. Envision that monkey mind more as a puppy. A puppy, right? Because... 
Um, puppies can be out of control crazy. They can be a lot of fun, of course, uh, but they do take training. They take training so they don't mess all over your house. And so if, if you don't train some dogs, they can get aggressive. They can get mean. They can get, you know, something that you don't want to be living with. So training your ego to be a calm dog is the same kind of thing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You wouldn't train a dog to be calm and easygoing by rubbing their nose and their their waist. You wouldn't beat them. You wouldn't scold them uh, to get the dog that you're desiring, right? You would love them and you would teach them to properly be the type of dog that you want them to be uh, with the exception of allowing them to be a dog, of course. But just as a heads up, all right? And the last thing I think that I just came as a revelation today is obviously you can think of your ego as a child. Uh, and it's not different if you if you are a parent you can really relate this, right? It's because you, if you're in public and your child is just not acting the way that they would normally act and it's it's almost embarrassing for you because you're like, first of all, you never act like this. Second of all, this group collective, uh, as people think children should act in public is not the way that you're behaving. So of course now I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling insecure about the way that my child is making me look even though I am not the child. Oof, that one resonates really well with me. Did you hear that? Be, be back it up if you need to, right? I am hurt I am embarrassed I am feeling a certain type of way that is not high energy about myself because the way my child is behaving because my child doesn't know any better my child doesn't have as much control over themselves right because my child is so new here that they react by emotion Ooh, right so you can't hate your kid. You only don't want to hate your kid, right? You want to love them unconditionally. You want to teach them how to feel better. You want to understand, help them understand that you guys are a team and you function best together. Thanks so much for keeping me alive, monkey brain, primal brain, ego brain, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I, I will be just fine. And we're going to do this together, okay? Oh, goodness. So y'all... Of course, I'm sure you, you would be surprised. I would say, you know, if you meditate, this will help quite a bit too. But I will say it again. Of course, of course, okay? Just remember that all the things that we're talking about today, these are just steps. They're just steps. So I, I say it all the time because it bears repeating. That's one thing I say. And this, I, I say this all the time. That's the second thing I say. But those things are important to hear because, you know, again, when we plant the seeds, that's just the first step. Sometimes you got to go back and you got to water. And then you got to go back and you got to check just to make sure that there's no weeds growing in your garden. And then you got to go back and you got to do a little bit of pruning. And you want to make sure you're still watering. And you, then you also want to make sure that there's no pests in your garden. And then you want to make sure that you're keeping an eye on it for when it's ripe for the picking. That's what it's all about is that you just want to make sure that you're so graceful with yourself when it comes to making these changes and feeling better and remembering to take a pause and see how far have you come and where are you going that's a good idea to have a vision upon but not to get overwhelmed by it by thinking that there's so much work to do you're never going to be where you want to be because it never stops not only obviously because you're here you're here for a while so enjoy it but hopefully you're always a being who chooses to better themselves in whatever capacity you can it doesn't it I mean, until we're not, until we go back to the place where everybody goes again, you know, and we have that higher energy and perspective and we are not weighed down with the guilt and shame and all those other low level emotions we were talking about to have better clarity about your life, then just stop beating yourself up about it. You know, you're listening to this podcast or you're being a part of the group or you're working with me or working with other therapists or coaches or whatever, you're doing the right thing. And, you know, you're choosing 
your path, you're choosing to heal yourself, you're choosing to dig at your own beliefs. And when you do, and when you stand firm in that, and you feel confident, and you feel better, then you can always choose to do the right thing, because it'll come naturally, you'll be from a place of integrity, you won't have any other option. And then other people will be around that, whether they're directly your friends, or indirectly your coworkers, or whatever, but it starts with one person. And I mean, there's more than one person, of course, out there doing this right now. But just remember that it's not always easy for sure. And sometimes it can even feel incredibly lonely. But you definitely want to make sure that you're working with somebody or you're always staying in contact with somebody or you're on the move to find new friends or a group. Um, I've got you covered for all that stuff, you know, but maybe you're not ready. That's cool. You know, you know that I will be here when you are for sure. So I really hope you guys got some value from this uh, podcast today. It definitely always feels like it's a little bit of a ramble. I try my best to get it out. The more I'll be speaking about it, the more clear I'll get. So maybe in five years from now, I'll listen to some of these podcasts from the beginning and be like, my gosh, you were a hot mess. But it's just the principle of the point, right? We always pay attention to where we're at in this moment. And in this moment, I have great value to bring sometimes I just do not get my mouth to resonate the message as well as I would like and I know that it brings me peace and love and happiness like a big old hippie to be able to spread it to other people because that's not who I was 2018 and before I was such a bitter angry overweight unhealthy little fear monger that was very much driven and inspired by things that I would not want to be inspiring me today so if, if you resonate with that, there's a reason why you're here, of course. And don't forget that the podcasts are 100% free. So if you got some value from it, you can slide it into a DM of a friend if you want. Uh, and if you're looking to work directly with me, free or otherwise, you know how to get a hold of me for sure. And if you don't, you know, I gave you all those ways at the beginning of the podcast. All right. So it's been such a pleasure. I hope that you guys have a fantastic evening. Do not forget that if you're looking for photography, hit up my good friend, Jess Anderson McGovern on the book of face or on Instagram. Um, also with photos with Anderson and boudoir photos with Anderson uh, to, to get in on that for sure. I can't wait. We're going to be scheduling Olivia's three year old pictures here pretty soon. Oh my gosh, three crazy. Uh, so thanks so much for tuning in. It means the world to me that you were here today. Uh, and uh, I will be back next week of course of course and if you're looking for a podcast topic do not hesitate to send one on over to me i would love 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 to just be ripping off some content for things that you feel like you would get value from as well so thanks again i appreciate you stay happy stay healthy and wash your hands have a good day bye